Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, let's grab them. I'm reading this morning from Matthew 6. If you'll turn there. I'm reading one of the amazing parables of our Lord in Matthew chapter 6. I feel the Holy Ghost, and I am desperate for his anointing. We'll pray in just a moment. I'm going to uh, borrow here from the previous parable and begin in verse 21. So in other words, he was Jesus was in another parable, but I'm going to grab from it because he basically introduces our parable that I'm going to be preaching from this morning. So we will read Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So it's obvious he's been talking about money. We know that if we, of course, read Matthew 6. So Jesus has given several parables about the kingdom, how the kingdom works, how the kingdom of God works. How many knows the Lord's Prayer says, thy kingdom come. You're supposed to pray it every single day. Everyone say that with me. Thy kingdom come. And so he was giving them uh, parables about how uh, every aspect of your life is involved in the kingdom. The first one was giving. Chapter 6 begins with how to give. If you're not a giver, then you're not a kingdom-minded person. Prayer, if, you're not, if you don't pray. And then he went into fasting. I already lost some of you, some of you already. Went into fasting, how they're supposed to fast. You don't run around bragging. Oh, he explained all of that, how to be kingdom-minded. And then he began to go back because when it has to do with money, you have to do it at least twice. So he went back and started talking about the money and the, that parable we just read the end of. And he's about to move on to the issue of the heart. Verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. Everyone say that with me. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness... How great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And he ends the parable. You cannot serve God and mammon. If therefore... Thine eye be single. This is my message today. And I'm preaching and entitling this message, Keep Your Eyes on Heaven. Keep your eyes on heaven. And I want us to put our Bibles down and let's pray a, a special prayer that God's anointing will fall upon the pastor today. Could you do that? Lift your hearts with me right now. Father, I thank you. I praise you. I feel the anointing. Lord, I believe that you're moving today. Heavenly Father, we live in the last days and these are distracting days. And I pray that you will help to keep our hearts set on heaven. Let us see clearly the truth and be ready when you come. Lord, help us in Jesus' name to keep our eyes set on heaven. And everyone said amen. Praise God. And you may be seated. Now, I don't expect to preach long, but I really feel the preach here today. Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hand and say praise the Lord. There's something, he there's something here. 
And I, I trust that God is trying to do something powerful for someone. As a marvelous creator, God designed the intricate and amazing eye of which Jesus speaks here. Now you see that I am wearing, I am wearing extra eyes. I had never worn glasses in my life until about two years ago. This is what Georgia, no, I'm just kidding. I'd never worn glasses. I used to brag that I could see. I'd say, can you see that ant? And they would say no. And, I, and the Lord just finally said, okay, enough of that. And he struck me down. <laughs> Sister French told me this a while ago. That I would say, can you see the ant? And they say, no, where, where? And I'd say, oh, I don't mean the ant. I mean the eyes on the ant. Because I could see. But something happened. The doctors explained it to me a couple years ago. I preached from this very pulpit. I could see absolutely nothing. I preached for about three weeks. They told me, get the glasses, put them on. These are the glasses. And uh, they said, eventually you'll be able to see. I said, but what do I do until then? I can't see a thing, and I preach every Sunday. And, I, and, and, I, and they said, well, that's, that's between you and God. <laughs> you, you've got astigmatism. You have to do something, and this is the corrective lens that's going to do it. So the intricate and amazing eye of which we just read. Jesus' parable tells us that the eye is the lamp. Now, the King James does translate it light. I have no problem with that, of course. And, and there is a sense in which if you have a lamp, there's light and so forth. But the Greek word is lamp. They chose to go with light. I have no problem with that, of course. And, but most translations would say lamp because lukas, luknas in Greek means lamp. It's not the word light. That's a very familiar word. The lamp, the Bible says, of the body. Now, I'm here today to talk to someone about the light in your vision. The eye must have light in order to have its vision. The symbolic force here is that seeing lights the way. It is the power of the body's most significant means of perception. Now, that doesn't mean that there is no other perception. And so, therefore, this is not an attack on blindness or in some way putting down people that have handicaps. Nothing to do, no such thing. But anyone with any loss of ability or vision or hearing will tell you that, that is, it is indeed a loss. If someone is blind, they're as worthy as someone that, is, that has sight, but they have lost something very, 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 very valuable. And, of course, of what I speak is symbolic. I'm not speaking about human eyes and human vision or blindness and so on, although that is the parable. For example, Jesus spoke of camels, but he was not talking about an animal. He was using it as a parable. Therefore, the camels are fine. It's simply a parable. And in this case, the eye, Jesus said. So the symbolic force here is that seeing lights the way. It is the lamp of the body. If you cannot see, then you have no perception of direction. Now, without our physical eyes, the marvel of vision is lost. No matter what else you can do, the vision and its amazing uh, complexity is gone. Therefore, all is dark as if there were no sun or no light. Now, there is sun and there is light, but if you have no eyes, you cannot perceive of it. If you have no eyes or, and Jesus 
uh, insists on singular eye, and that's another sermon. I, I've decided that's an entire another sermon. Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. So without the physical eyes, the marvel of vision is gone. Everything is now darkness, and that is the parallel. That's the parable of which Jesus is referring, as if there were no light at all. You cannot see light. You cannot see your way. You may have a cane. You may be doing a lot of things, and this has nothing to do with, with what I think about blindness. It is a matter of fact. If you do not have eyes to see, then everything is dark. It's, something else has to begin to happen. You do not have the direction of sight. No light, no sun. Even though there is light, you could be in the brightest. Uh, for example, if you were here just before Easter and we replaced all the lights in the building, many of us nearly did go blind because the lights were so bright. I told someone if we need to do surgery, we have a place we could have surgery. It was so bright in this hallway. It had been so long since we had every single light in there. That when we got all the light, but you could be standing literally at the edge of the sun. Of course, you couldn't physically do it. But no matter where you were, if you did not have the ability of the eye, you could not perceive it. And Jesus here is referring to perception. And so it is today the Holy Ghost is driving into our spirit. We mean no disparagingness of blindness, of course, but only the fact that poor eyes or no eyes leaves the rest of the body without its due vision. One is forced to sharpen other senses but cannot see. The loss of sight then becomes drastic and changes everything. I've just explained the parable that Jesus gave us. If you cannot see, then it's a simple fact. You cannot see. And Jesus said, the light of the eye is the lamp of the body. Praise God. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Now, I don't mean to stray too far from Jesus' message of his parable here. If thine eye be single, I'm trying to work my way back around, and some of you are counting seconds, and so I'm trying to be very, very, uh, uh, I, can, I can perceive, I can watch. If thine eye be single, that really is the centerpiece, and, and I'm trying to come back around to it. So, But this is all about singleness of vision. Now I can see, but if I take these off, all my, all my vision is now altered for the very precise reason that Jesus says right here. If thine eye be single. Now some of you are, I want you to stay with me. Everyone say that with me. If thine eye be Single. It's all about singleness of vision or purpose. Of course, in your spiritual life, if you have poor vision, there's no condemnation. We're not talking about condemnation on someone who cannot see or has poor vision. Otherwise, I'm condemned. We're condemning no one. But if in your spiritual life you think you can make it without the lamp of God in your heart and life, you are in serious trouble. If thine eye be single, 
then the whole body is full of light. Hallelujah. The purpose of spiritual life is not to put you under bondage, but to show you things you've never seen before, to give you hope you never knew before. James speaks of it. He said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Jesus here says in verse 24, no man, emphatically, nobody, 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 nobody can serve or follow or commit to two masters. Someone says, well, I know a guy who knew a guy. I don't care who you knew. Nobody, nobody can serve two masters. There has to be one Lord in your life and his vision and his word and his hope be the lamp of your soul, the lamp of your heart. Praise God. This is why Hollywood works so hard to get your attention. They know they got to start burning another lamp inside of you and, and all the things of this world. You got to say goodbye, world. Goodbye, world. Goodbye. I've got a new lamp. I've got a new way of seeing. I've got a new way of walking. I've got a new hope in my soul. That's what Jesus is talking about. You say, I'm just going to take this gun here. and No, sir. No, sir. There's a new way of thinking. What you used to be, suddenly you see things differently. What you used to say, you don't talk that way anymore. You've been changed. Now let's go back to this interesting eye illustration. Jesus, in this case, speaks of it totally in the singular. If thine eye be single. Now, I, I know that this is a, the way it's being translated, so we're going to work on that a moment. If thine eye be single, what, is, uh, what does that mean? All right, so the Greek word is haplous, which no one cares, but haplous is an interesting word that Jesus says he contrasts a single eye we don't mean one eye. Is anybody awake? Anybody, anybody over here awake? We're not talking about one eye. If you have one eye, well, if you have one eye, we love. Uh, somehow I'm going to offend somebody. Um, uh, single has nothing to do with numerical anything. That's what I'm trying to tell you. All right. Haplus is a word that Jesus contrasts with if thine eye be evil. See, this is, he's setting us up for an amazing, the creator of heaven and earth is telling you, I don't care what the devil's told you. You are not a loser. And you are not facing hell if you turn yourself and get your vision in order. You're not facing a condemnation. You're facing something altogether different. If thine eye be evil, so a faulty 
blurred or blind eye brings what I'm going to refer to as the evil loss of sight. That is to say, just as it would be evil to take someone's sight. Let's say it that way. Then maybe you can stay with me. If you took someone's sight, that would be evil. There's no way to regain it. If you took their sight, uh, and of course you can think of biblical examples such as Samson and so forth, but uh, Jesus says the, if the eye be evil, then the body is full of darkness. So a spiritual lack of singleness, are you still with me? I see I'm, I'm trying to take this next step. A, a spiritual lack. Folks, we're living in an amazing generation. Someone said, why don't you just have church and kind of sing kumbaya, kumbaya. I'll tell you why. Because that's not going to help anybody. What people need is the outpouring of the Spirit of God. In the darkness where they are right now. In fact, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost is moving in this community right now. Praise God. Can we just clap our hands and, and, and give him a little praise? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now, let, let's, let's go back. Haplus means, and I know you don't want to hear the Greek word. I, that's why I keep saying it over and over. No, uh, that wasn't altogether funny, but anyway, so haplus means literally, all right? Some of you stay with me, so I'm just going to keep right on preaching. Jesus gave a four, really a three-verse parable, and I'm talking about it. This word he used is somewhat, I wouldn't say totally, uh, I won't say rare. I won't say rare because... Uh, that implies something I don't mean, but it is not a common, let's say that, it's not common. It means literally, are you ready? I wish I had a little bit of voice. It means literally unfolded, all right? So anybody out there wondering about this, and there's folks by the thousands that listen, and maybe you'll hear this, and, and God is talking to you, that is to say literally. Do you know what I mean by literally? Literally, I guess that's the way to say it. It means to be unfolded or not. So I'm going to take, I'm going to walk this through. Not complicated, but single. Or another way to say it is simple. Don't complicate the process. Don't add another God. Don't say it could be whatever I want. No, keep it the way it is. Do not fold it over. Do not mess the lens up. That's what Jesus is talking about. Thousands of years before doctors comprehended eyeglasses, Jesus is saying, you need to have an eye that is exactly the way God made it. Praise God. Let's clap our hands. That's... Haplus, unfolded as it were. So that vision, rather than being simple, is obstructed. Or we could say blinded or put out, something like that, by complications. Or we could say it is defective. 
Something happens within the eye. See, I'm going back and forth to, to the par parable here. So the eye is not single. In, instead, something's been added or folded. That's what the Greek word means, to, to fold something into it or fold it in such a way. Of course, we know what it means in, well, we, we, we won't go there. So the God who made the eye tells us, be careful with your vision. Protect your vision, not to add complications to the eye's functionality. Don't say, well, it doesn't matter what I do to it. Be very careful. How many knows that it's important that you be careful with your eyes? Someone said to me, uh, well, we're going to have to, they never said it to me, but I mean, someone was telling me that it was told to them that they were going to do, uh, okay, all right, let's call it that, uh, surge, uh, laser on their eyes. All right. Well, there's something about me. I think it's something tall people have. It's a problem they have. They don't like lasers in their eyes. Someone said, well, we're going to take this needle and we're going to, no, not me. That was the other, the guy behind me, you missed it. He's already gone. That's not my condition. Now, of course, if it was a, Necessary and so on. I, well, we have to pray about that and pray the rapture takes place. But I'll tell you right now, the idea of someone even looking in my eye. You say, well, that's weird. Well, I didn't say it was normal. There's something about the eye. How many knows that you blink? How many knows that you blink? Some of you don't know you blink. I'm really helping some of you this morning. <clears throat> even with this little voice, I'm helping you. You, you blink because that's why you have lashes across the lid. That's why you have a lid because the moisture, all the things as God designed it. So what was Jesus trying to tell us? Through the power of the Holy Ghost and through the power of the ministry of Christ, he said, if thine eye be single, if it is correct, we could say clear, I keep walking closer to a meaning that some of you will be able to, to grasp with me here. If your eye is clear, you don't say, well, I don't like what I'm seeing, so I'm going to fiddle around with Quit fiddling around with it. If your eye be single, your body will be filled with light. That's the way it works, praise God. So it is, in fact, properly focused when it is in this position. Praise God. It's still amazing. It's still wonderful. It's still almost incomprehensible. In fact, how do you explain that the eye can even receive signals and see? Well, I mean, I know physically a doctor, uh, I, I, have a, I, I think my doctor's the best in the world. I just love him to death. But, but will you say, well, tell me exactly what happened in my eye. Well, here's what you've got to do. You've got to take this right here every day, and, and what we're going to do is get your eye back to the way it was supposed to be. And these particular vitamins are going to cause your sight to return because your eye is not single. It's trying to operate 
And that's why you're getting those headaches. And that's why you can't see because you can't focus. Of course, spiritually, we could say you can't change God's design. You can't tell God what to do. If you want to see spiritual things, you've got to look right at it. You can't say, well, I'll go to heaven when I'm done doing all this sinning. Folks, you can't add to God's design. you got to keep your eyes on heaven. I'm preaching to someone who has allowed your focus to be obstructed by Satan's devices. And it's time to get your eyes back on what is truly important. The Spirit of God is reaching into your spirit and saying, listen to me. I want to draw you closer to heaven how many remember that old song this world is not my home praise God can we just lift a hand and thank God that's an old song I heard the first time I walked into church this world is not my home I'm just a passing through your heart was designed by and for God, not for an evil world. You were, your heart was never designed to draw within it all of Satan's desires. God wants you to draw into it all the spiritual things that make life meaningful. Think of the agonies, the, the drunkards, the people whose lives right now are on the side of the road because Satan has kept pulling and pulling them away from the path they should be walking. But God has sent his spirit and his power and his light. Just the eye, just as the eye has vision, if properly focused, so your heart has to be focused. Can you say praise the Lord? You have to keep your heart. Everyone say your heart. Your heart focused. Now I know I'm talking to you. And I know you're thinking it's nobody's business about my heart. But it is God's business. He created it and he wants to show you the amazing things that only God can do. Praise God. I tell you I'm talking to someone right now. You can't afford to get your heart on another master. I'm no doctor, but uh, Webster defines astigmatism. That's with an A at the beginning. Astigmatism, which of course is Latin, like this. I'm quoting Webster. A defect of the eye or of a lens of the eye, whereby rays of light from an external, I'm, this is, I'm reading the whole Webster here, where, whereby rays of light from an external point fail to converge to a focus. That's what an astigmatism is. That's what I have. And I'm not trying to preach about myself. It just so happened Jesus was talking about it. So something happened. I said, how did I get this? They said, how old are you? And I said, please don't go there. No, we, we actually talked about it. I'm just kidding. So the light of heaven is shining. And your heart is the lamp that receives its glow. That's why the eye is the lamp of the body. So heaven shines itself into your life. Now, folks, you cannot run from the gospel. 
You cannot say no to the light and find its joy. You cannot see and you cannot make your way to heaven's gates if you put out the lamp. The light of heaven is shining and your heart is the lamp that receives it so that you can see your way home. But don't allow your focus to be complicated and folded over and let the devil constantly tell you that this doesn't matter and what matters is it's whatever God says in my life. You keep your eyes on heaven. The devil says, well, you made that mistake, so, so, so why, why even go back to church? Say, devil, you're a liar. Just practice it. Devil, you're a liar. I may not be perfect, but I'm not putting this light out. He's put a lamp in my heart and I'm going to make my way to heaven. I was preaching in Asia some time ago, and I met a man that became an amazing, uh, amazing uh, uh, influence in my thinking in my heart. I'd been preaching about the fast-growing Pentecostal movement. This church you're in right here is the, one of the fastest-growing churches. I mean, this denomination, this movement of Jesus named Pentecostal holiness people, it's one of the fastest-growing movements in the entire world. And I was making my way through China. I'd gone through Hong Kong and was on my way to Singapore and I met a Buddhist monk. He was raised in a mountain monastery. I, I'm not going to say his name. I probably wouldn't get it right anyway and I'm, I'm going to just withhold it because of, uh, for reasons that I choose to. So the light of heaven is so bright and so powerful that a young boy that was given to the monastery, I met him, I didn't meet the boy, but I met the man, was given to the monastery when he was seven. He told me his whole story. And I began to weep. And, of course, here I'm an American in, in uh, China. And uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but China is the... Fastest growing Jesus name Pentecostal group in the world by and large. They're getting the Holy Ghost so fast in China. People are receiving the revelation in China. And we know it's a communist nation. But I rebuke the devil. He cannot stop the light of the gospel. When it begins to reach into people's hearts. Suddenly the light of heaven sh shine down into this young man. He was now 27 years old. It was so bright that even though he was living as a monk, a Buddhist, I'm not preaching about Buddhism. I'm not slandering anyone. I am telling you that a young boy that had lived there for 23 years as a monk in a Buddhist temple so high, the clouds were below you. You would have to take a goat wagon to get to the top of it. But the light of heaven reached into that monastery. And I keep wanting to call his name. Oh, my goodness. Just thinking about it makes my heart pound heavier. So I said to him, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them. So I said to him, how in the world did you get the Holy Ghost up there in, the, in that monastery? And I want to tell you, it'll blow your mind. If I had the time to just walk you through 
that story, you would never think the same way again. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't ever want to doubt you again. I don't care what trials, what valleys, I don't care what the devil says or does. I'm never going to get my eyes off of what the power of the Spirit is able to do. So it beamed that light right up to the top of that Tibetan temple where he had been given a Bible. That's really the beginning of it. And oh my, someone ought to write a book. I hope I can go back and just get his story and write his story. I'd write that tomorrow if I could just have a little more information. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp. Anybody believe that here this morning? He got so hungry for the light that he received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues and baptized 32,000 people in Jesus' name. Now, I've apologized several times to missionaries, and I know I have to be very careful, but he had, (laughs) I'm trying to, Brother Cole, he had never met a Pentecostal preacher. He thought he was the only Jesus-name preacher. He said, the Lord sent me here. I was in Singapore at the time. And he said, Brother French, can you please come back to Tibet with me? He said, I've got 5,000 people waiting to be baptized right now. But the Lord said, don't, don't do it. I said, I'm, I'm on my way to back to the States. I can't, I, I, I can't work a schedule change. I'm, but here's, and I introduced him to several other people. And they went with him and baptized all the... What I'm trying to tell you is, my friend, the eye is a lamp to the body. When heaven's light begins to shine, you receive from heaven's glow. And it does something inside of you. That hunger breaks open. That nothing, nothing, nothing can stop it. I'm talking to someone today. If thine eye be single, the whole body is full of light. Someone said to me, how does someone that yesterday was in prison today be a child of God? Because the light changes everything. All of a sudden, the whole body is full of light. They become a brand new person. Let me assure you right now that if the devil can create an optical defect in your heart, he will stop at nothing to get your eyes off of heaven. The devil does not intend for you to make heaven, my friend. Remember, Jesus said, how great is that darkness. The devil wants your eye to not be clear or perfect. He wants to distract you. But God has a different plan for your life today. That's why you're in the house of God today. We're not the top of the tallest mountain in Tibet. We're simply here in Georgia worshiping and praising God as they did in the Bible days. And God has a plan that brings you right into that. His light is shining all around us here this morning. So I'd like you to stand with me from the back to the front. We're going to gather at this altar for prayer. And saints of God, let's let's gather right now quickly. Because I want to pray a special prayer for each and every heart here today. 
Now you may choose not to come. Don't feel pressured. I want everyone to come that feels to come. We're going to gather at this altar. And I want you to determine in your heart that you are going to serve God. I want to serve God. I want to make heaven. I want to believe the truth about heaven. Your heart is telling you to do it. And I'm praying right now that you will take a step that says, Lord, I see. I'm beginning to see something I can see because the light of the Spirit is all about me. That's it. Come on. Get as close as you can. We're going to pray a special prayer right now. We're going to gather and pray. I want you all to start singing.